This is Multinew Media. Hi everyone, I'm Chase Raz and this is Multinew Media. With me is, is Chris. Hi Chris. Hey Chase. How's it <laughs> going? How you doing? Good. I, I, I want my new toys. You have new toys. What's your new toy? Well, I have a couple of new toys. I got the Raspberry Pi 3, which I set up with Raspbian, which is their uh, Linux distribution. And I took my Raspberry Pi 2 and I put Windows 10 IoT on it and connected it with uh, PowerShell so I can deploy some code to it. And then I replaced my Fitbit Surge with an Apple Watch. And today they just announced some new updates for the phone and the watch, so I'm doing that. Very cool. So you're going to be going with a new Apple Watch. I wasn't sure I wanted to. In fact, I didn't at the at, at first. But going from a wearable fitness tracker to one that can start giving you notifications on phone and text to I wanted notifications for Facebook and email and other things on my wrist. Hey, you should have been on a Microsoft band. Well, I don't like reading sideways. <laughs> That's okay. That's a fair argument. <laughs> um, I, I thought we were going to go somewhere else. This is the first uh, show back with you as a married man. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Congratulations. Thank you. We didn't tell anybody that going in. So surprised anyone listening. He's not available. I also cut off part of my beard. That that is. Um, I lost are, all my IT powers. You are no I longer the feel. tech god. You, you're just a techie. Yeah. <laughs> It will grow back. It will. All right. So today, uh, I had sort of sent you a message and asked if we could revisit code editors a little bit. And before anyone rolls their eyes and says, come on, these guys are always talking about code editors and IDEs and things, that that's not the purpose today. Specifically, uh, I want to cover some of these newest code editors that are backed by really big names. And by big names, I mean Adobe, Microsoft, and GitHub. Right, so uh, Chris, there's a couple of new um, code editors out there. I wouldn't call them new; they've been around uh, for a while, a year or two. And yes, a year yes, or two. Have. Relatively new. So, a lot of these editors, brackets, Atom, Visual Studio Code, and let's line them up really quickly. Visual Studio Code, obviously Microsoft. Brackets is Adobe, yes. and um, Atom is backed by GitHub. Um, well, there's there's some other great editors that people use, but. Specifically, these three are mainly written in JavaScript. There, there's a small bootstrapper, but most of the editor, the editing, the the functionality for like reformatting stuff, it's all JavaScript. Is that so, that's not for Visual Studio Code uh, Code as well, is it? Code was I, I'm pretty sure it was based on Atom or, or Electron. It was based on Electron, based if on I remember. Atom. So. Yeah, there, there's a ton of JavaScript in there. It uses NPM, which is the node. Like, it runs on top of Node. I'm not really familiar with how that works. In fact, hold on. Let me let me look for a source here. Well, I mean, I've used it. I, I uh, Let's see. Well, I'm looking for the, the technical... Uh... But I'm pretty sure it runs, because I just compiled it for my Raspberry Pi 3, and it ran under Linux. And I had to use Node to pull down some components for it. It did do some compilation of like some C code, but I think most of it was on Node.js in JavaScript. Well, um, let me read you the, the boring stuff that I pulled from um, when I first started using these about a year ago or so. Um, from Wikipedia, it says, uh, code is based on Electron. 
mm-hmm. a framework which is used to deploy Node.js applications using the Blink layout. That, that Blink doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway, it says even though it uses that, it's not a fork of Atom, and uh, it's actually based on Visual Studio's uh, Visual Studio Online's editor. Um, I don't know what any of that means. In here, all of it's JavaScript. Like they have it released on GitHub. A lot of it's JavaScript. Some of it's TypeScript. So, but these um, and I'd pull the individual author up on Wikipedia. Um, I, it'd just take me too long to do. But what does this individual author mean when he when they're saying um, that code is actually based on Visual Studio Online? Uh, okay, so in Visual Studio on so. Um, Microsoft offers Visual Studio and Visual Studio Team Foundation Server. And those allow them to, you check in code and, and view code and do project management and stuff. They released an online offering called Visual Studio Online where you can check in your code to the cloud and look at your project there. And you can actually go and look at uh, check ins and look at the files with syntax highlighting and stuff. Oh, so they're just saying it's based on that Node.js stuff, but it's not actually that at the core. Well, it's based on that editor that was online. Right. And it's probably running locally off of um, some of the frameworks set up by Electron that are used for Node.js. Okay. But so, yeah, I guess I don't need to go too much down that rabbit hole. Um, and, right. and I can just but, drill into the core of where I wanted to go, which is why Adobe, why Microsoft, why GitHub? You know, text editors were historically... Uh, independent third-party things. Well, um, I think a lot of it, personally, has to do with the rise of web apps, the rise of JavaScript, the rise of Node.js. Um, there's a different type of editor, or I mean, there's a different type of developer and designer out there than there mm-hmm. used to be. Right. I would say that what you'd been used to is using Visual Studio itself, this big, heavy editor, this compilation, is all these things. And that can be really scary for non-developers. To drag and drop at, at the low end chunks of, you know, like controls for ASPX pages or kind of use it as a glorified text editor to do HTML. You had people doing Dreamweaver and Fireworks that had these WYSIWYGs that were supposed to help you do code. And, and markup and JavaScript and CSS, which is great for people moving into that space. But a lot of developers, when they're experienced and they're, they're used to that space, um, just want a text editor, like a really good text editor that does a lot of the features they want or maybe kind of has some base integration with some of their command line tools. What about you? You're you're mainly in Visual Studio, right? Not Xcode or Eclipse or Aptana or anything like that. Mainly well, Visual I Studio? Well, I use a variety of tools. Well, I mean for the IDE, for your IDE. So when I'm doing C-sharp code, I usually do Visual Studio because okay. that's usually what you use. Now, what do you do? Um, you if also... I'm doing yeah, just go ahead. HTML and JavaScript and I'm in a, like a personal project or I'm in a pure like Angular or Node application, I'll probably use... Uh, code or I, I actually kind of vary between brackets and Atom and code. Um, they have some, each of them has some really cool features. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also used Sublime if I'm on a Mac, which is really nice. And I sometimes use Notepad++. Notepad++ has, of course, been around for quite some time. Sublime is a little newer, right? Well, Sublime's been a while, around for a while. Oh, it has. Um, it's a, it is cross-platform, 
but um, I usually see Mac developers. Um, uh, usually, <laughs> UI UX people are on Macs. It seems like in the jobs at work. Yeah, that does seem to be a trend these days. They get put onto yeah. a Mac, and you know, back end developers usually get put onto Windows. But the uh, front end developers on the Mac um, are usually doing Angular with. Um, they're using Node for some of their tools on command line, and mm-hmm. they're using either Sublime or, you know, an editor, just a nice editor. So Atom brackets code to integrate with some of their Node tools, Grunt and Gulp and all that. Is it sort of a thing where you prefer to get out of the IDE and have something a little bit simpler, a little bit lighter, a little more intuitive? Yeah. Or, or is it truly that they do different things completely? How much overlap is there? So... IDEs bring a whole bunch of tooling designed for compiling and um, profiling and debugging your code that's a little bit heavier. Yeah, and on the website, we don't need much. We need the debugging, but we don't necessarily need compiling. And it's a different type of debugging, usually. Mm -hmm. A lot of these editors have integrations with command line tools, like like I said, Grunt, Gulp, and Node. Uh, stuff like that, so that you can do live reload on your web pages. You know, you're making some changes in the editor, you're saving, um, or you can launch Node from your editor. Um, they have very basic package management, like you're opening a folder, and that's kind of it. You, your project is the folder. Right. You don't have these project files that handle all this massive compilation. But, you know, that's what I've always not liked about some of these IDEs. Um, uh, You know, Xcode does that. Aptana does that. Eclipse does that. And it's kind of like, oh, the the project management gets out of hand for someone like me who's just a hobbyist. You know, they have a lot of keyboard shortcuts. A lot of these editors are really good at, you know, some of the find and replace. They might have some regex built in. Um, Sometimes you can, um, you know, when you're doing web development, you might have to, edit five or six things in quick succession like Mm -hmm. you're messing with a list um and some of these editors you can split it so you have five little editor marks in the editing window and when you type it types five times one at each of the little insertion points you know i was using that in one of these the other day and um it's crazy because you can do like this big you know repetitive stuff really quickly right and I liked it, but you know what? I actually, I was looking for the command and I couldn't find it and I stumbled on it by accident. And uh, I'm still trying to find the documentation for it to know how to officially, formally use it. But I did stumble across that and I think some of these features are nice. Um, so, um, a so lot it, of them have great integration with Git, which is source uh, source control. So you can quickly check out code, work on it, check it back in. And as you start getting into this cycle where you're, you're writing code, you're looking at it in the browser, you're making some changes, looking at it in the browser, you want to check it back in, pull down the latest. That's where you start seeing these integrations and why I think GitHub probably wrote something to help themselves solve a problem and they released it to the community and other people liked it too. So GitHub's, uh, I, I think that's pretty obvious. That sounds right, right? Of course, they're, a lot they're, of they're a repository. write stuff for themselves. Now, do you think that's because of GitHub's, and let me be clear of what I'm asking, did GitHub have a benefit in writing this because they offer a service that allows people to utilize this to, to create software, or do you think it's more 
um, maybe sort of their back end. This came out of their back end development of a tool that was used internally. I feel like so. So I mean, one of the taglines is it's a hackable editor for the 21st century. I I'm I'm feeling that, and I need to go look it up. I haven't actually looked. It might be in their blogs. It might be um, in some of their uh, release notes somewhere. I'm gonna guess that they started building it to help themselves and and opened it up for everybody else. Um, it also, you know, people might be having issues with uh, checking in and out code with through Git um, and having it integrated in there and having clear directions on how to do it because it's already wired into the editor might have, you know, m- might make that easier. Let me step back and ask you in a completely, um, it's, it's not an unrelated question, but it's going to be a um, drastic paradigm shift here. Okay. So back in the day, an IDE is where we wrote programs. And a code editor, um, at well, least from a web perspective, is some... You, you, did you want to go back in the day? Um, back in the day, there weren't IDEs. Well, I'm going back like 10 years, 15 years. I'm not going back back in the day. Okay. I was just trying to figure out how far back in the day we're going here. No, only 10, 20 years. So okay. using using these big monolithic IDEs to write programs. Sure. Now on the website of things, and again, I'm a hobbyist, but I've dabbled for, for 20 years now. Code editors are the name of our game. Like Most of us who started in the, the early 90s, we're all a bunch of Windows babies, and we started in Notepad. Um, we started in a text editor and said, hey, there's this great thing called a code editor that some of the developers use. And we all treated it like it was our own special thing. Is this a, a situation where you mentioned before uh, a lot of these are probably in response to web applications? Is this just another example of the IDE over time evolved the ability to build web applications? Now this is the editor updating itself to be able to uh, write more full-blown applications by using ASP.NET Core and Node.js. Well. Oh, IDEs this one's going to be a long one, huh? No, IDEs have grown to the point where lower-end machines don't run them well. That's they they very load true. a lot of stuff. They have code completion, which means they're constantly having background processes, scan your code, looking right. up libraries. You know, they have all these features that are good in enterprise environments. That, that, that might be useful for some developers. They have hundreds of options, and not everyone needs that. And and especially in open source, or even some smart uh, startup communities, you don't have the latest, greatest, biggest, baddest machines. And and there, so there could be performance issues running a big IDE. Right. Code editor, much simpler. Jump in, write your code. Right. That is a lot of what web is like. You're jumping in, you're jumping out, you're making some changes here and there. It's slightly different than when you're probably, I mean, there's sometimes you're going to be working on a module for a while, but um, it's probably a lot of small iterative changes. Well, and and I guess the reason for me asking that, uh, especially from a web-only um, understanding, is I look at some of the languages that are supported by these editors, and I'm going to specifically pull from Visual Studio Code here. You know, the things you would expect, um, they just added PHP, by the way, which I'm I'm over the moon about. That's great. But you would expect HTML, you'd expect ASP.NET, uh, you'd expect XML. But I see things in here like C++ and C and writing for batch scripting. 
Right. All it is is syntax highlighting. This is a modular plug pluggable editor. And all it is doing is doing some highlighting. A lot of these don't offer code completion and know all the different functions of the language. It just knows, hey, this thing's probably a variable and this thing's probably a function. And this is kind of how the braces go and you need a beginning and an end. They know some basic stuff. Now, someone who may not exactly know their way around, it still should be uh, a fairly comfortable environment for them, right? Because it's not overloaded. And most of these, uh, they like you said, they'll do syntax highlighting. And another thing I've noticed is a lot of them will have uh, all of the different functions, all of the different um, uh, all the different commands, and if you highlight over them, you typically in these types of uh, code editors, you get a little screen pop that tells you what that function is or what that... Um, yeah. So code is the newest one to this game. Electron was kind of first. Um, Adam kind of sprung from that. Mm -hmm. Not sure about brackets. I do remember hearing about brackets a couple years ago and I started playing with it. It was a, a you know JavaScript-based editor like the others. And I guess we should point out Electron, by the way, since we mentioned it a couple times, that was an original framework from GitHub. Right. And uh, people split off from it, and, and that's fine. Um, I think that Adobe probably – so and I realize I'm changing gears here a little bit. Go for um, it. But, yeah, th this has kind of fulfilled the need. People have seen it, and people are working on it. Um, big IDEs work great on, on Windows and Macs, but sometimes – you know, and even Linux, but sometimes you want to support those indie developers or those people that like hacking on their laptop running Linux or Mac, and you you don't want them to have to support this big language or this big IDE. Like Eclipse has grown over the years, and it's it's a little big, bit unwieldy. It's it's kind of hard big, to manage. It's big. Got a lot of moving parts, and it can take a lot of machine to run it really efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, by by having these editors out there, they're trying to capture some of that market, especially the people picking up uh, some of the newer languages, Ruby, Scala, doing Node.js work, um, people just focusing on HTML and JavaScript, people doing CoffeeScript, or um, you know, just some of these newer languages. Maybe not even C and C plus plus. Maybe not even C sharp or Java, but just uh, scripting languages or or more modern languages. I think that some of the motivation maybe with Adobe is they've had this big suite, Dreamweaver, Fireworks, you know, the, the Photoshop. Muse, yeah, that, that whole creative cloud, really, uh, right. the part that's not for video editing or audio editing right. is pretty much web now. Right. Well, that's still targeting the people with big beefy machines. And, and it, big budgets. You, right. Now, they still release brackets for free, but one of the things it does is it tries to integrate in with some of their stuff. So I think they're trying to still keep that Adobe name associated with web development in, in this new kind of modern space. And, and they are trying to compete with Atom and Visual Studio Code in that same way. I think Microsoft, they're pushing Visual Studio Code because they've made an effort to support .NET on Linux and Mac, which is something they haven't been doing. It's something that they've kind of let Mono and you know, open source implementations run with, they're trying to embrace that, try to get those developers on board. So they're trying to show them, hey, here's a light editor. It'll work on your platforms. It'll work with Node.js. It'll work with Git and Grunt and Gulp. And you can also start writing some C-sharp code as we're starting to move .NET on the Linux and Mac. So I think there's both avenues for Adobe and Microsoft to try to capture some of that mind share. Mm-hmm. 
But I think it, uh, GitHub just, I really think they thought it was a cool tool. People started working on it, making it better, and it got released out. And, and everyone else just sort of saw it as the great idea that it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, they probably, like Visual Studio Code is essentially the editor from Visual Studio Online. GitHub had to have an editor or at least a viewer of code because they were taking code from all these languages, accepting check-ins, and you could go on there and look at code. You, right. you could look at the different revisions and you could look at the different projects and just examine the code right on the website. So that probably naturally evolved into, hey, what if we edit it and let's have the syntax highlighting? And so, like I said, they kind of built it for themselves. I'm wondering if this over time displaces... Uh, the third-party ecosystems that we've had of popular uh, code editors, which it's, it's been that way for, like we were talking about, decades, does that begin to displace as these this new wave, a couple of years old now, of editors comes in, backed by big names, extensible marketplaces, uh, does that start to displace anybody else's ability to compete? Because unless you've been around for a long time, unless you have that backing, how much work would it be to integrate in a marketplace and get developers building for it? Uh, I just well, kind of wonder if this is a, a a sea change in the editor market. Well, here's the biggest thing. At most places I've worked, they don't usually care what editor you use. Like some developers I know, you know, if, if they're on Macs, they have a personal license of Sublime. Everywhere they go, they use their personal license of Sublime. And it's just a text editor mm -hmm. because they are more efficient they know all the shortcuts. They know how to lay it out. Uh, they'll, you know, check into Git or SVN, whatever you want them to check into. They'll use the libraries they want you to do. But if they're doing Node or uh, Grunt Gulp type development or doing Angular, they'll use Sublime to edit. Other people really like Atom. Um, like I said, code's kind of new on the market. It's a little Pretty new. much every developer I've ever known installs Notepad++, but they use that a lot of times for log viewing or maybe looking at some JSON data or formatting stuff because it has a big plug-in library too. Mm -hmm. People usually don't micromanage that level of what editor they can use. Now, if it's an IDE, yeah. Oh, this is a Microsoft shop. We're going to use Visual Studio. You're probably going to end up having to learn Visual Studio. Right. Or we're a Java shop. We're only going to use Eclipse or NetBeans or, you know, something from IdeaJ. Any of those. Uh, when you go IDE, you're pretty much locked to that IDE most likely. But if you're using web and JavaScript and CSS, a lot of times it's not that big of a deal. Okay, so that may be a sea change on the on the side of the businesses that are supplying this. But for the rest of us who are actually uh, you know writing code or deploying code or managing the people who do those things this is still the same type of world we were in before of somebody has their editor because they like it, they're proficient in it. And, um, pretty, pretty much unless there's a security reason, let them, let them have it, let them run it. Just like you do, uh, any existing editor from, you know, 10 years ago that someone may still be using. Yeah. I mean, it's a text editor. These are all text <laughs> editors. That's all they are. Text editors. Very extensible text editors, mind you, but but uh, but that's for the end user productivity. The syntax syntax highlighting exists for us, for developers to be able to see things in color more easily mm -hmm. than having to read the text. 
that there are fonts that are out there just to make it easier to read code. Do, do you control if uh, a developer can have a black theme, a dark theme where it's light text on a back, a black background versus you have to have dark text on a light background? Some people get tension headaches from looking at black on white, and so they look at white on black. But it's up to the developer and their productivity level. The best places I've worked and the most productive people I've seen have that freedom to customize their environment to their uh, liking. You know, they can make their own shortcuts. They can add icons to their desktop. They can get the tools they need to do what they want. They can tweak their interface and move the buttons around. They can change the shortcuts. They can change the theme of their editor. So it's, you know, the, the LCD, you know, the old CRT one where it's green text on black. They like that works for them. And I, I think that's, that's really good because, um, the individual control, all of these, as we've talked about already are cross platform, all on, they're all on windows they are all on Mac and they're all on Linux. Um, and and those are, um, whether it's Atom from GitHub, whether it's brackets from Adobe, whether it's code from Microsoft, whether it's sublime text, um, the first three I mentioned there are free sublime has a nominal charge. Would you say it was $70 or so if, if... but they also have an unregistered version, which is fully featured exactly the same. It just says unregistered at the top and you occasionally get a Mm pop-up. And I, I mean... I say if you love the editor, support them. Um, oh, absolutely. But that's me. And you know, when I no. see that, I see that as the same model that editors had before. Um, it's just the big names seem to be moving in because they're in a position to move in and have something to offer. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, Sublime, for the longest time, every senior or really hardcore dev I saw that was on a Mac pretty much had their own personal copy of sublime. Like the editor just the way it was designed just worked for them and they had no issues paying for it because they, they found themselves more productive over time. So on my end, um, we see on the business side, just no reason to pay too much attention to this. Just kind of let it happen. If you're a developer, choose whatever you want to use, keep doing exactly what you're doing. Um, um, on the business side now, there are, um, you know, as much as I love freedom, there are some, uh, concerns, you know, usually devs have administrative rights to their machines because while you're writing software, you're making changes. You need to, uh, do things at an administrator level, um, uh, set up a local website, uh, install a patch or a database or, or do something. I've worked in some places where it's so locked down you can't do anything and it it really hampers productivity but they are in um, financial markets or other markets where there's a concern over unauthorized software right finance Uh, government military right so there's usually an approval process and they can get an installer for it and say okay this one is clear you know we've checked it you can you know at least have a, a path if there's somebody who's kind of adamant or interested in having some alternate software that you might not have heard of before or, you know, isn't, oh, it's not Notepad. Why, why do you need it? Mm-hmm. 
And, and you know, you you uh, chuckled at me a little bit when I said some of these were new and, and you said, you know, come on, they've been around for years. And um, I think uh, my, my very last thing, and I can kind of conclude my portion with this, is I, I can't tell you the number of people I know, whether they're developers or whether they're just enthusiasts and kind of dabble with it, that, and, and I'm, I'm in this boat, I'm guilty of this, they pick a code editor because they like it, it works for them. And next thing you know, 15 years have gone by. They're still using that same code editor. There may That's have been there. They may have been there. May have been nothing but security features that have updated. I mean, the code editor I've been using up until about the past couple of uh, months, maybe year or so. I mean, it looks straight out of the year 2000, and that's because its design is. And so I think for those of us who may find ourselves stuck, there is a whole new world of editors out here. Now, for folks like you who don't say stay stuck. I install um, all of them on all my machines, and I, I usually alternate. Like, Just like I alternate browsers when I'm doing web development, I'll go between Chrome, IE, Edge, Firefox when I'm looking at the page I'm writing. Yeah, that's good practice, yeah. Because I need to see it, and I don't always have it maximized. I sometimes have it unmaximized or half the screen. I need to see it just while I'm working in different resolutions because otherwise you won't see things or you won't see issues that pop up from other places. Yeah. I was I was testing responsiveness on a site the other day and someone walked in and uh I'm just resizing the window back and forth and they're like, What are you doing? And I'm like, Don't don't ask. Uh, I really like the Chrome emulator for that. Yeah. Uh, that one's really good. Because yeah, you can also emulate touch easily. Yeah. All right, so anything else on these code editors that we should really know or anything that we've left out, any companies we've left out, any other editors, any type of extensions to these? That Oh, I'm sure there's tons of them. Yeah. I mean, um, am, I being, I, I, am I being rude if I say code editors really kind of are a dime a dozen? Um, I don't know. There's usually a couple of players in the market, and it tapers off there. I don't. I don't know if there's dozens that have lots of market share that don't have right. Um, not dozens that have merit. But one you know, of I, the things I install, I know in my IDEs and if I can in my editors, is a spell checker, and usually a smart spell checker, one that understands code to the point right. where like you're making a variable and you have like three words put together with no spaces in between. And realizing that you misspelled the middle word. Nothing drives me more nuts sometimes than looking at code and there's a misspelled word. And they start using that misspelled word everywhere. Yeah. But Yeah, I but, mean, whether you're going new or old, most of the big ones have that, right? No, the, these it, it's the ones where you're using multiple words together oh, to make a variable. Okay. okay. Like total total user count or something like that and you misspell one of the words yeah and yeah. so i, I mean it, that's, it, for, that's me yeah it's it's worth taking a look at because i mean i'm i'm just kind of kind of wrapping up here and, and doing a uh, search online and i see some of these articles out there you know 10 some of these articles are 10 editors to try 20 literally i see one right now 22 editors uh, and it's uh-huh. come i mean these are ones we know notepad plus plus j edit Notepad 2 is another one I've heard of for a very long time. Um, uh, I'm scrolling through some I don't know. PS Pad, that's the one that I have been addicted to for God knows how long. No, thank you. Um, but you know what? The funny. Uh, There's a bunch of them. The funny thing is, 
as I'm scrolling through these, and <laughs> they actually they actually put Notepad on here. Wow. That, okay. I don't trust this article anymore. It never okay, did to so begin with. But but you know what I mean. We all know these editors. We've they've these top 10, 20, 50 of them have been around forever. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's worth changing your workflow up and seeing if there's something out there that's a little more productive than the rut that you may have been in if you're like me for 15 years and sticking with the same one. Well, I I learned different editors for different reasons. Like if I'm on a Linux machine, um, sometimes they only have VI. So I'm I'm pretty good with VI. Like I can get around really quickly. But now you can get one. brackets or code or Atom. Uh, no, I'm saying like maybe I'm messing with the old server that doesn't have a GUI interface oh. and all it has this command line. Right. VI or maybe Emacs. Like I've I've learned those for those reasons. Um, you know, yeah, there's a bunch of GUIs. Some of them are no longer developed. Some of them have been merged in. I'm looking at one, Skite, that had uh, code never. folding and syntax highlighting, yeah, and it got merged that. into a couple of other editors. You know, but I don't know. That there, There's a lot of editors out there, sure. I just... What's your favorite one right now? Code has some nice features, but I've, um, it's extremely similar to some of the shortcuts and stuff I can do in Atom. Mm-hmm. And I, I use Notepad++ for a lot of log viewing and stuff, but I still kind of toggle between brackets and Atom. I'm, I'm trying to get more proficient with them, some of the more advanced features. Yeah. Most editors have... A low barrier to entry for basic features, but when you spend a little time actually learning the specific features of your editor, like this door opens, and there's like some crazy performance gains you can get. But you have to put a little time in to learn the shortcuts and the key presses. And that's what I'm learning. When I first started with brackets, um, must have been a year or more ago, and I remember opening it for the first time and saying, "There's nothing to this. Like it does nothing." And I couldn't get past it, and so I stopped using it for a while, and I got back into it. And then I got uh, Visual Studio Code and sort of had the same response, but quickly learned, oh, Visual Studio Code actually taught me that I was using brackets all wrong, that there was this entire feature set that just because it's not right there on the UI intimidating you uh, from the beginning, it doesn't mean it's not there. And right. um, that that sort of was my eye-opening moment and what brought me to this topic of, you know, there are near uh, and sometimes literal command line instructions that you can give to these editors uh, and they'll follow through and do whatever it is you're telling them to do. There are add-ins that you can do that you can get into these uh, that you can put into these editors. And um, the extensibility is just absolutely impressive. And I sort yeah. of feel like I've been in the dark ages by sticking. I, I still love mm-hmm. the text editor that I'm using. I still use it occasionally. Um, but I almost feel like uh, I was doing myself a big disservice by not jumping around and trying different things. Software is innovation. There's always someone who's going to use it and say, but it could be so much more, and they're going to play with it, and they're going to make an improvement or make something new. And so I don't want – something I learned long ago is if you're stagnant in software, it's probably going to die or not go anywhere. And so I – I'm constantly kind of looking for the next thing or the next interesting thing or just trying to keep my skills up to date because, hey, that thing might not be around. That might not take off. Well, as more of these editors pop up and as the ones we've discussed today keep evolving, 
We'll try to keep everyone posted. If there's anything of note, anything worthwhile, and if uh, anyone out there thinks we're overlooking anything, or if you notice something that happens that really ought to be communicated out to a larger audience, just let us know. Email feedback at multinewmedia.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we'd love to get any ideas you have onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.